Hello and welcome to the Higher Enlightenment Podcast, brought to you by Higher Yields Cannabis Consulting, your seed to sale business solutions team. My name is Adam, part of the creative team here at Higher Yields, and today's episode, number 46, deals with tax exemptions and credits for cannabis businesses. Our special guests include Betsy Morham of Morham & Waller, Mark Waller of Morham & Waller, Justin Miller of High Life Solar, Sam Milton of Climate Resources Group, and Paula Collins, tax attorney. From startup cannabis businesses to multi-state operators, finances and investing in the business's growth are universal concerns. However, many cannabis operators aren't aware of or don't understand the financial opportunities that can help them level up their operation without such a heavy monetary lift. On today's episode, we'll talk to tax experts, solar experts, and energy efficiency experts about federal tax credits, tax exemptions, capital asset offsets, and outside-of-the-box possibilities that can help your operation do more with less. So, let's get on with the show. Okay, well, let's get started. Let's have you guys introduce yourselves. Just give us a little background and um, tell us what you do, who you work for, and what's going on. Anyway, let's start with you, Justin. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Justin Miller. I'm the owner and CEO of High Life Solar. Um, we are a renewable energy company that specifically caters to cannabis cultivators. Um, a big part of what we do outside of you know offsetting people's electric usage is actually getting them tax credit eligible for those renewable energy tax credits. Um, so I'm excited to discuss further with you guys. Great. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, how about you, Betsy? Yeah. Hi, I am Betsy Morham with Morham and Waller CPAs. I'm a, a co-founder and managing partner, and we are a, um, a full service CPA firm that specializes in the cannabis space. Um, so we provide clients with services from bookkeeping to controller to fractional CFO to um, tax planning and preparation. Okay. Thank you. Uh, how about you, Mark? Hi, everybody. Mark Waller, Morham & Waller CPAs. I am uh, the other half of the partnership of Morham & Waller uh, alongside Betsy. And uh, like she said, we work uh, virtual CFO um, and uh, specifically in the cannabis industry and uh, have a wonderful tax partner, uh, Paula Collins, who uh, is really our resident tax experts. And um, I'll let her talk about herself, but um, nice to be here. Thanks for having us. Okay, Paula. Hi, I'm Paula Collins, and I am a tax attorney specializing in the cannabis industry, and uh, very proud to say that I am the exclusive tax partner of Morriman Waller, super jazzed for what's going on in Minnesota. Uh, currently, I'm based in New York, and I work in New York, New Jersey, and soon in Minnesota, but tax is all over the country, so I literally have tax clients all over the country. Okay, well, thanks for being aboard. How about you, Sam? Thanks for being on again. No worries. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so my name is Sam Milton. I own and operate Climate Resources Group, and we are a consultancy that works with um, growers and other businesses to help them be smarter energy users and consumers um, and, you know, for the purpose of increasing their, their profits and reducing their overall environmental footprint. 
Uh, so for us, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a real win, win, win when folks use um, energy efficient technology, um, and especially when they get incentives from utilities and, and, and the state and, and feds uh, to be adopting more clean tech energy. Um, so for their facility. So yeah, so I'm here and I uh, you know, love getting my clients um, you know, free money to do good stuff. Okay. You're breaking up a little there. <laughs> Let's get on a first question. Um, this one's directed to Justin, but anybody else can pipe in after him. One of the things that you specialize in are PPAs and solar. Can you explain what a PPA is and how that works? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a lot of cultivators don't necessarily have the capital to purchase a solar system outright. And so for cultivators that have any sort of land accessible or that they own, what we'll do is we'll lease the land that's next to the cultivation. We'll find an investor to purchase the solar array and they'll own the solar array. And then we'll sell the energy that that solar array produces to the cultivator. Um, really our goal with the PPA is for that cultivation to spend very little out of pocket to significantly lower their overhead cost and utilities. Um, so we've had a lot of success with this. Um, again, it's great for cultivators who don't have the capital or necessarily the tax appetite um, to want to purchase a solar system. Okay, so so who would be a good fit for a PPA? Um, cultivators with land. Um, any cultivator that has, you know, the, if their electric bill is a major pain point and they've got some space next to their cultivation, a PPA is a great fit for them. Okay. On average, how, how much could a cultivation save? Or in other terms, how long until a cultivation sees a return on investment on PPA? Um, as far as return on investment, a cultivation will see savings month one that it's turned on. Um, really for them, it's... <clears throat> If you look at it from an ROI standpoint, if they're purchasing the system, um, depending on where they're located, the cost of utilities in the state that they're in, um, we see anywhere from five to seven years for an ROI if someone's purchasing the solar system. Um, but for a PPA, the beautiful thing is once that system's turned on, they're just making payments for the energy they're getting from the solar array rather than to their utility company. Um, so they'll see savings month one with a PPA. Mm -hmm. Sam, you specialize in energy efficiency. What sort of capital asset offsets are available to cannabis businesses that want to upgrade to more of energy efficient equipment? Yeah, I think that I'm a great question. Uh, so utilities across the country generally like to see any technology um, that can reduce energy consumption um, for that customer. Um, so for the cannabis space, you know, the big things are LEDs, uh, the lighting lights, of course, um, and HVAC and humidifying um, systems. Um, so the typical you know lighting system that folks use are thousand watt high pressure sodium fixtures, um, super energy intensive and put out a lot of heat. Um, and utilities know that if a customer upgrades to a, a much I mean, you know, lower light intensity fixture, it's like 600 watts or so, um, that's driven by LED drivers, that, that fixture can actually put out as much light as a thousand watt fixture, but for a fraction of the energy consumption. Um, and for that, they can often spend, you know, give a uh, 50% off, um, you know, the value of that fixture, you know, to do the consumer. Um, so you can see a customer, you know, can buy a million dollars worth of equipment and get, you know, a half million dollar, you know, check in the mail, uh, just for doing that. Um, and that, and that's an average too, you know, some utilities will pay up to 75%, you know, of the cost, sometimes even a hundred percent, which is pretty crazy. Think about it. 
Um, but uh, yeah, these incentive, these programs exist for the purpose of getting the you know customers to you know reduce energy consumption, which is kind of it's funny if you think about it, right? Because the utility is the business of of, of selling energy. Uh, but these programs are really set up, you know, by the state agencies and, you know, even the utilities are incentivized themselves to actually reduce the amount of power that they need to generate because that costs money too. Um, so it's these great programs and anybody can take advantage of them really if they have the utility, um, if their utility, you know, has, has a program and most in the country do. Um, so it's always worth to ask and see if these are available for them. Okay. Um, so anybody want to expand on that? Yeah. Um, I'll jump in. I, um, you know, I wear two hats. That is that of a tax professional and that of an attorney. And uh, an attorney will always say, well, it depends. And a tax professional will say the devil is in the details. And so what I want to caution people about uh, and any listener, whether it's for cultivation or whether it's just for regular consumer use, the refundable, uh, the renewable credits for energy are not refundable credits. And I say that because I will often have a taxpayer approach me and say, oh, well, you know, I made X amount of dollars, but I put these fantastic solar units in place. And so I'm waiting for my big check. And the the, the credit is only up to uh, certain certain levels of income. And so it's not as if you know, if you were operating very close to your bottom line, if you didn't generate enough income, then you will not be getting that check. Now, you can have that check or that that credit extend into the future, but um, it if if you're really really close to your bottom line, you're not going to you know you're not going to make money off of this. In other words, it will it will cut your tax bill, but it is not something to look for. Uh, it, it's not like an ATM. Yeah, I think an important distinction. I'm curious, to, you know, it'd be interesting to have this conversation. Um, but there's the, the the federal and state tax apparatus, um, which a lot of the you know clean energy investments can can you know can get credit on. Um, there's also the utility programs, which literally we're just going to write a check um, for a customer that makes an investment in a uh, in a technology that's eligible for their program. Um, so lots of different ways that folks can get money. Um, and I primarily, for my, my, my work, you know, deal with the utilities um, and interface with them and the and customers, um, my grower clients, um, to help them kind of navigate that process, which I think exists, you know, independent from the tax structure. Um, but, you know, you're, you guys are the tax, the tax experts, so you would know that. Um, that better than I would, but um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of these folks just you know they get utility, they get a check from utility um, for for purchasing you know lights and HVAC, um, and it's pretty it's pretty well established program. It's very exciting. The other thing I'd like to throw in is you know we're taxed at so many different levels, and so we want to look at what are the tax credits that are available to you at the federal level, but also at the state level, and in many cases at the county, and in the case of New York City at the city level. So don't just stop at the federal level. Really explore how can you maximize your credits once you make this investment. Okay. This question's for Betsy. As our tax expert, how do how do the possibilities that Justin and Sam outlined affect a business's tax liabilities? So I'll actually defer to Paula for that. Um, Mark and I really specialize more in the day-to-day accounting and uh, Paula helps us with the tax details. So I think she touched on that a little bit. 
um, how credit can be applied to your tax liability to reduce it. But Paula, would you want to add anything more to that? Comment? Well, just, just to um, zero in that it, it affects the tax liability. Um, but again, it's not something to tap into. It's not like a, a rebate. It is not a refundable credit. So I just want to emphasize that. And I'm emphasizing it, actually, I have a really good friend who put solar panels on her home. She's not a very high income producer, but she literally thought she was going to get a check back for $30,000. No, it doesn't work that way. It's not a refundable credit. So I just really want to emphasize that, especially for you know a startup business that has tremendous expenses in that first year. This is a great program to get into. It's good for the earth. It's good for um, the longevity of the company and, you know, you're finding a way to eventually make it so that your costs for your electricity are really being paid to you in a way. Am I correct? So what a beautiful thing. What I want to make sure of is that you're not jumping into this thinking, well, I'll sign on the dotted line and I'll get a big check at the end of the year, even if. I'm in my first year and I've had all of these expenses and therefore my profit is at a, at a very low level. Can I, um, Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, I apologize. Go ahead. Oh yeah. No, you're good. Um, I would just add, add to that thinking from kind of that, um, controller CFO level where I think this can be advantageous is, um, kind of on a holistic view of a business's um, monthly expenses. And so that's where if you can get um, you know solar into your company and it saves you some money with the utilities, those are things that I I don't see cannabis businesses doing at all really is thinking about thinking about those things in the, thinking about the kind of the fixed costs that a business has that um, uh, are just as valid and and maybe a quicker way to save some money um, than, than anything else really. It's just to be looking at really be mindful of what are my fixed costs? What am I paying for energy? Is there something with this program that I can use that can reduce my, um, long-term energy expenses by X percent? Like those are the kinds of things that I think are going to be really valuable. And maybe, you know, like Paula said, not going to be a magic bullet, not going to be like a check that comes back to you in 50 with 50 K, which I would also caution businesses who are hoping for credits um, uh, to come back to, to say, well, you, you kind of have to look at your whole tax liability as a whole. And that, that might, even if you get a check, it might just be, you know, reducing your total taxable liability. So I wouldn't think of it as a, a magic bullet, so to speak, but it is an important piece of uh, kind of managing the day-to-day the -day business. Yeah. And just to yeah, add one more thing to that, I, <clears throat> so I just add one more thing to that. Um, from, from Mark and I's perspective, we're always trying to find ways to help our clients be more sustainable, not just strictly from like an environmental standpoint, but as a business, how can you, how can you be sustainable as a business? Um, this is a type of industry where a lot of businesses come and go. So if you can present them with ways to conserve money over time, that helps them you know, drop that to their bottom line stay around longer. That's a huge value add that, that we can bring to our clients. And just to add on to that, it's a huge value to, to add on. And it's also, it can, I could see it as part of the company's branding, you know, the, the company presenting itself as a sustainable uh, 
you know, engaging in sustainable practices. And, you know, for those who are in startup mode, who might be looking at, uh, you know, I always encourage people to look at exit strategies, even from day one, even if you are in love with your business and think this is my baby, by having this equipment in place and these solar systems in place, you certainly are positioning yourself um, for a, an exit strategy that's very favorable to a future buyer. Now, those tax credits would arguably not be there for the, the buyer, but uh, definitely the sustainable energy practices, the savings on costs for utilities, as well as just, again, that branding and that, that you know, the earth is, this is all we've got. We, we've got to take care of it. I I couldn't agree more with everything you guys have said. Um, and, and something that often comes up with clients who are in year two or three is talking about future proofing their businesses. And so whether they're looking at a PPA or purchasing the system and, and, and honestly, Paul, like you nailed it. If, if people don't have the tax liability pretty rarely will I ever recommend someone purchase it. There's really, there's really no point for them to do that. But the kind of crazy thing is that that bottom line that we're talking about from their energy costs, just this past year in Colorado, utility bills went up 9%. And so for a lot of cultivators, I mean, besides labor, and sometimes it's even more, their utility bill is their largest overhead expense. And so regardless of what industry you're in, if your biggest expense goes up 9% year over year, it's really hard to do anything sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so really the conversation we have is, yes, it's about the environment, the planet, but it's future proofing your bottom line by now you have something that's consistent that you can depend on. And you're not at the mercy essentially of rate increases from the utility company. Absolutely. Okay, so what's the difference between a tax credit and a tax exemption? Because smart energy consumer makes so much sense for a cultivation operation, um, because not only does it reduce the operating cost, as Justin mentioned, is really important, and as you all mentioned, just because right, you know, energy rates are generally going up, and actually in the Northeast, where a 9% increase in power would be welcome for a lot of operators. Um, so there's definitely that piece. Um, and you are reducing your, your environmental footprint, too. Generally, when you reduce your energy consumption, um, and given the the focus that a lot of growers are having these days on being more sustainable, maybe kind of having a lower um, overall kind of carbon footprint, um, which a lot of cities and states are requiring folks now to think about, um, that is doubly important. Um, and not to mention, also, you know, uh, insurance costs can also go down um, if an operator is choosing to use energy efficient equipment like LEDs. Um, I know insurance premiums um, can actually be higher for those operators who use the thousand watt HPS fixtures because they are a fire hazard. Um, so there's multiple reasons to certainly to think about your your energy energy consumption. Um, it's not always a function of widgets too. You know, folks can can do energy audits. Um, a lot of times paid for by utilities themselves, or they'll do a cost share, um, and those will come up with some really interesting, you know, operational adjustments folks can make. Um, that can also reduce their energy energy consumption. Um, and so it's not it's not just the bells and whistles that folks can purchase, but also how you operate the technology that you have. That's really interesting about um, perspective on the insurance costs as well, how that ties into it. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that to me, that's that's gets back to just kind of thinking about your business holistically is that um, all the pieces connect to each other in some way. So I think... Um, a mistake businesses make sometimes is, is thinking about 
their different functions in silos when in reality they need to be thinking about their business holistically. So if there's if there is a program like this that um, other areas of your business can take advantage of, it's it's definitely something you want to be uh, proactive in pursuing. Okay. Well, thank you. So what's the difference between a tax credit and a tax exemption? So should I jump in? Anybody? Um, well, basically, a tax credit is going to come after we figured out your entire tax bill. Um, but whereas a tax exemption is going to say that certain amounts of your income are not going to be computed for tax purposes. So if you if your company made a million dollars, but somehow you had an exemption on thirty thousand dollars of that income, then uh, your your income would be or your tax bill would be computed on that one million minus thirty thousand. Um, whereas the tax credit would come after we had already computed the one million dollars, figured out what that tax bill is, and then offered a credit afterwards. Okay. Where should people get started in in uh, learning more about this, and and how do how do they go about getting the most benefits they can from these tax credits and exemptions? Well, I like Mark's word, um, and Mark and Betsy take the idea of looking holistically at the enterprise and determining what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, what's an opportunity. And what is a threat? And as I say, you know, the threat as a tax person, you know, we're very negative people, really. Um, so I'm going to say, oh, well, do you really need to spend that money? Or do you really think you're going to get that money back? But here's this wonderful opportunity to do a lot of good and to make your business really um, so much more sound and on so many different levels. And so I, I really want to encourage people to look holistically Talk to the energy people, but then also talk to your accountant, talk to your attorney, talk to um, your operations people and see, well, what are, are we cutting corners on our energy usage because we're worried about cost? And is this a way that we could really kind of, you know, take a deep breath and think, okay, we can we can use our energy that we really, really need for this cultivation venture. Okay. Well, I'm about just about out of questions. So does anybody have anything they want to add or, or plug or talk about? I'll just, I'll just add that um, it's a really good time to be thinking about taxes. Um, uh, if you haven't already, which I know pretty much everybody is thinking about taxes in March and April, but um, uh, it's never too late to get things right. If things are off, off track. So um, certainly um Feel free to reach out to uh, Betsy or Paula or I um, to talk more about that. Okay. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. And thanks for asking us. Thanks for thank having you us. Thank very much. And it was great to meet the rest of you guys. Since yeah, you too. Well. You too. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everybody. For more information about our podcasts, or to add suggestions, or if you want to be a guest on our show, check out the description below. Or please call us at 844-HIGH-YIELD. That's 844-H-I-Y-I-E-L-D. And also check out our website at higheryieldsconsulting.com. 
There you'll find all sorts of great information and all of our previous podcast episodes. We hope that you'll join us for our next podcast coming up very soon. So until then, thank you very much and have a great day. Music